it's been amazing actually that it's amazing that a few weeks now for quite a long time before the end of the year we've been running through some teachings that actually if anyone if anyone wants or thinks he's a Christian or thinks he actually needs to go into the kingdom of heaven should pay particular attention. Not because it's coming or anybody's talking about it, should pay particular attention because there are so many deception and all sorts of manipulation of people. They sell all this uh, feeling so good and so on that we go in the whole world. So before even I go into it, I want to welcome everyone here one more time and welcome all those of our friends, very faithful friends who've been watching and giving us all their feedback on the internet. We thank you so much. We thank God for you. We wish you Happy New Year again. In fact, God's year for you. And God will bless you this year more abundantly as we work together as partners in this message that the Lord has given to us. Last week, actually, we touched base. Pastor Charles was here, and it was awesome. Touching base on what? What did we talk about yesterday? It was really a follow-up of something, right? A follow-up of the mystery of mysteries. Understanding that. In fact, you could shut down everything about God with that understanding. Once you understand that, whatever you do, you should seek God first. And seeking God first with all your heart, with everything that you have. Because if you look at what Jeremiah 29, 13, he said, well, you should seek the Lord. You're going to find him only if you do so with all your heart. Seeking the Lord, finding the Lord first is a priority. When we prioritize our life and saying, what is actually the most important thing? Find God in his righteousness and holiness. Find him according to his will. Find him the way he has prescribed his rule. Not your own. Or changing it or your own righteousness. Okay, When you find him, there is nothing in this world that is impossible before you. Because he's God. He created all things. And you're talking about, you know, some of us, we love wealth. We talk about money, whatever. But he told us one thing. He said, I'm the one who gives you the power. To get it. And he turns around and says, well, silver and gold, remember one thing, they are mine. So if I am, oh, if I'm serving God with all my heart and seeking God every day with everything that I have, without expectations. Now, please make note of that. Without expectations. Remember when we went through, where, where did we go through? We went through what look. Want to look ten something and look and say, why are you expecting anything? Because if you have done the duty you're supposed to do, why do you want the master to say thank you to you? Because you see, we seek the Lord first and the righteousness of God for our own what sake. For our own. If we understand that, it's not about God. God will not change. Whatever we do, He remains the same. He remains God unchangeable. He's the creator of all things. But he said, my child, because I love you so much, even to the extent I sent my only begotten son unto you, I don't want you to perish. It hurts me when you perish. Look at the way. The way is to seek me first, get me and my righteousness, then all other needs. I should add them to you. I don't think anybody has tried that and God has failed them. I don't think so, because God cannot fail. God cannot fail. So a week before that, we were talking about what? We went through, because I'm going to complete today. 
the issue about the, the false doctrine. Hopefully we can put it because some questions came up. Many questions came up about this one savior always save. And some questions I will answer them today. Okay? It is that false sense of security that one feels like. Oh, once I get up and said, I believe in Jesus Christ. Once I confess him. Immediately, it's okay with me. I have got salvation. I can now go and do whatever I want to do. Since I've been saved, I will remain saved unto the end. Now, that's the first doctrine. That's why we went two weeks ago talking about grace. The abuse of grace. Every time we pick it up. I just want to build this up so everybody gets it. We pick it up and say, oh, it's about grace. Don't worry about it. Everything is covered by grace. I don't know if there is anything in this life, even in the scripture, that says that all sins are covered by grace. What covers grace is what? What, what covers grace? Oh, come on, tell me. Perfect love. Who is perfect love? God. Who is perfect love? So, grace will come and say that it is a regeneration. <clears throat> it is actually a regeneration that God has given what? Someone the grace to be regenerated. In other words, you have got an opportunity to get you to the level where you can understand the truth of God. Once the, the, that regeneration has occurred, you're on your own. Grace will still be there. God does not change. But then you'll be held accountable for whatever you do. Why? Because once grace has expired, every other thing you do is either intentional. I mean, please make sure that we, we get this right. Every other thing you do when you know the truth, listen to me. When grace, grace was because we were blind. We didn't know anything. He sent his only begotten son. He did not ask for anything. He did not require us to pay anything. He said, I'll come. You know why I'm doing this? Because they don't know anything. I'm not going to kill them and hold them, and hold them accountable because they don't know anything. But now that I've really brought them to the point where they know the truth, they should be held accountable. Now, I think even Christ said it in the, the scriptures. We're going to come to it. He said that that servant who knows what to do and does not do it, that's the one that is seen unto him. But that one who's ignorant. And then if you look at 1 Timothy 1.13, Paul was saying to Timothy, he said, you know one thing, I only found grace. Let me ask if you want to put grace or mercy, whatever you want to do. Just simply because of what? Whatever I did, I did out of ignorance. In other words, now that you know what you're doing, and still doing it, then it is intentional, unknowingly, or recklessly. None of them will excuse you. As far as God is concerned. So, from there, we went into what? This one self after self. We did with it about two weeks ago, but today, there are some answers, we're going, from questions rather, we're going to answer. Because the misunderstanding going on about one self after, one self, you are saved forever. It's because of actually the misunderstanding of what salvation means. How many of us, let, let's put it this way, even in the world today, how many of us are paraded ourselves as Christians? Including myself, maybe I'm the one, I'm, I test myself and ask God help me. That actually have received salvation. What is salvation? If somebody said, I've been saved, and you still remain where you were before, you have not been saved. No, let's, let's put this in point by point. Now. Salvation, that's what Christ came to give us. 
And some people were arguing and said, well, salvation is it gives you a ticket right away to, to, to heaven. Let me tell you one thing. Salvation will give you a ticket right away to heaven if you receive true salvation today and you die immediately. You want me to say that again? Are you, are you, are you surprised? Now, remember, remember the, 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 the guy who was crucified on the cross with Christ? He received salvation on that point and went with Christ. If that guy had been released and he goes about doing all the evil things and say, because Christ said you enter into my kingdom, would you not be going against Christ? No, I, I just want to find out. So, when you talk about salvation, misunderstanding salvation, Colossians 1.13, please. Colossians 1.13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of, his, of the Son of His love. There is something I want everybody to question Self or themselves. Salvation is deliverance plus what? Did anybody get it? Deliverance plus what? Oh my gosh. Deliverance plus transformation. That one is saying, I am saved. I'm, that is because you've been delivered only, but you have not transformed. You have not changed. The individual has not been saved. Salvation is being delivered from one spot and then being radically transformed into a new thing. That's why Second Corinthians five. What if you look at Second Corinthians what five seventeen? It said what all those in Christ, the old completely have what that pass away. Behold, all things are new unto them now. So salvation requires that, and for salvation. Is what salvation does to us. Listen to me carefully. We're going to get this in right now. What salvation got to you, once you have been delivered from the bondage of darkness, transformed into the kingdom of light, what? What has happened? You are only given a way to travel a highway of righteousness and holiness. I'm going to come right and you will see it. All the days of your life. And we're going to come to where actually it is not a journey you take and say, I'm going to get in the middle, I'll turn back. It doesn't work that way. So, once you're saved, you're only saved. It's, okay, Christ said, I came so I can give them what? Eternity. Eternity for what? Ah, yeah, yeah, let's read it. John 17, 3. Let's go. What is eternity? Now, see, that's, that's going to blow your mind around. What is eternity? Anybody can tell me what eternity is? Uh, forever, huh? That's what you think it is, spiritually? It's not. Read it. Okay, let's go. John 17, 3. And this is eternal life. This is what is eternal life. Listen, please. That they may know you. That they may know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That they may know you. The eyes may be open now. They may know you. What is knowing God is walking in righteousness and holiness. That is, you may know the highway of God. Which is what? In Isaiah 35, 8, right? A highway shall be there and a road. And it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, 
shall not go astray. Cannot, I, I can even stop this whole teaching right there. You see, the unclean. This is a highway of God. This is a way of God. That's why Christ said, I am the way. Follow that way. The truth and life. This is the teaching. Eternal life. He said, that they may know you. Because the time when we were in sin, we were dead in sin. We did not know God. You cannot know God unless you obey Him. Now everybody looking at me. You cannot know Him unless you obey. Read me John 8, please. 55. I know God. I know God. You don't know God. I don't know God if I don't obey God. John 8, 55. Yet you have not known Him, mm-hmm. but I know Him. And, I, and if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. Mm-hmm. But I do know him and keep his word. The reason why I know him, please listen, I want to make sure with this, this it's all spiritual and the mystery. We got to open everybody's eyes. And even the, those in the internet, you have questions you ask. It's, I mean, this is the situation. Challenge it. Let the Spirit of God teach. He will teach us all things. He said, he was talking to the Jews. They were claiming, our Father, our God. That's the almighty God you and I claim to be the father. He said, well, you don't even know him. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know whom you're talking about. But I know him. And this is the son of the living God talking. The only reason why I can claim I know him is because I do whatever he tells me to do. Are you following me? First John, please, two. Three and four. First John, two, three and four. Now, by this we know that we know him, mm-hmm. if we keep his commandments. Yes. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. The truth is not even in this person who says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments. Because you cannot tell me that you know me, and you're not in agreement with me, you're fighting against me. And that's why Christ was saying vividly, whoever is not with me is indeed what? Against me. In fact, even if you go to First John three, read six to eight. First John three six to eight. Whoever abides in Him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen Him nor known Him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as He is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of okay, the let's, devil. Let's put it this way. I'm going I'm to give you a controversial, I don't know if it's a controversial, statement right now, that actually is consistent with the scriptures. If anyone continues in sin, please listen to me now. I said, watch, if anyone continues in sin, after he said he has been saved before. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? That person needs salvation. Oh, the, the, I thought, you see, everything is it's almost like a legal thing turning around, around. If anybody continues in sin, now listen to me, I'm not saying if anybody sins. John was talking about whoever sins. If you look at what was the, the John, uh, 1 John 3 8, he said, Whoever commits sin is what? Speak it out. It's of the devil. Okay? If somebody is of the devil, he is what? Huh? 
He's a, God bless you. He's a child of the devil. Okay, let's stop right there. He's a child of the devil. So, but I, what I'm saying, the statement I'm making is, please understand what I'm saying. I say, whoever continues, because so many things can happen. One can commit sin. Any small thing could happen. Something can commit that you don't mean, and God will know. Even you to so prick you, you cry. You don't even know what to do. The conscience will come and shake you. You want to read the Bible, you fall asleep. You want to pray, you are wasting your time. If you go to your God, He's willing to forgive. That's why I say that. Why could you just have that conscience and go to God? Because God's grace still abounds. But if you don't want to repent, if you don't repent, now, you know somebody was asking me, they said, oh, well, what if I sin and they repent? Can you believe somebody asking me this question? How if I sin and repent? I said, this is my question to you. If you sin and repent, and the repentance is true to God, you go to heaven. But tell me this. When are you going to die? That's the key. When are you going to die? If you look at the things happening all around us, you wonder. For you and I or for anybody, it could happen any moment. All we pray to God is to guide us, keep us, so that we can grow old and be with him, whatever it is. But I know one thing. That this life is vapor and it can go any moment. If you don't see it, look at the sad things happening like all over, even Arizona. You could get up, I'm going to walk into this place. You don't come back, you don't know what's going on. So how do you know if you continue the way you there? Are you not insulting God? So what am I saying about that? That, that person who continues, please always mark this thing, who continues in sin, after he said he's been born again, needs deliverance, he needs transformation, he needs to be born again. But then, this is a, this is a serious problem. Hebrews 6, 4 says what? That it is almost impossible. For it is impossible, it is impossible. for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. And have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. If they fall away, to renew them again to repentance. Since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. How did did they, sorry, how did they crucify him? They've abused him. Now, please, let's get it. Somebody may just be watching this, you know, anybody said, oh, this is all about purity and righteousness and clean and this and that. Yes, it is what it is. God is righteous. And he said, unclean will not get there. He told us, you must be pure in heart for you to get there. He said, be holy because I'm holy. Be perfect in all things. I will help you. But you want to work on that, going through it. And if you look at what? First John 3, 3. It says what? And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Okay, let me put it this way. For those who say that, once saved, you always save. All those who have this hope in him, purify themselves one day, and then leave it. That's the purification. You know the shower you've taken one year, two years ago? It will continue uh, for until 10 years. You don't smell. It's okay. No, 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 no. That's a highway. you got to go to that journey. And do you know one thing? That journey must you must reach the final. You must get to the final line. And who said that to us? The Father Christ said one thing. He said, look, I'm running a race. Christ himself 
Okay, this is the son of God. He didn't put it exactly like that. Christ himself told us one thing. That's the rest I'm running. That's the rest I'm running. Did anybody see when he said that? John 4, 34. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me mm-hmm. and to finish his work. Now, let's, 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 let's probably get this in. God himself, the son of the living God, giving us example from the beginning to the end. This is my food that you people don't know. It's to do his work. It's not only to do his work, but to finish it. Are we... Are we are... Okay, read me John 17, 4, please. I have glorified you on the earth. Please listen, yes? I have finished the work. I have finished the work. Which you have given me to do. You see, you employ me now to do this, to carry this bottle and go to the next room and deliver it. And when I get to that door, I haven't even got into that room. I swallow, I just take all the water and drink all the water. Or I don't even get it there. And you expect to pay me? No. In fact, first I say, the Lord himself was telling the Father, the work you have given to me, I have finished it. That's how I can glorify you. I've gone to the finish line. And if you look at John, what, 1930, it says what? John 19.30 So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Father, Father, that job you're giving to me is finished. I completed everything you gave me. That, that's, how, that's what I'm trying to tell you here. It's as a finish line. And that's why Paul was saying, I'm running, I have run what? Did he call it what? A good what? Did, did Paul say it was rest? Paul said a good one. What is a good rest? A good rest is the one that you run according to the prescribed rule. You see? That is why if you look at what Matthew 7, 21, it says, not all those who say, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God, but those who, are, who do the will. Those who follow and do how and exactly the way God wants things to be done. Those are the ones who enter into the kingdom of God. And Paul told us one thing. He said, that's one thing I do. I'm very careful so that I don't blow this thing in the way. You know? Paul, the legendary Paul. And what you may say, well, Paul of all people. But hey, look at the scripture. I mean, they were... <laughs> Christ was asking people, said, by the way, what were you going up there looking for? Were you looking for John the Baptist? They said, yeah, I know that prophet. He said, let me tell you one thing. The least in heaven is greater than him. Yet, there's nobody, no one born of woman that's greater than that man. Telling you and I something that's chilling. You see? Paul said, I know I can do all these things and it will all be in vain. Why? Because God is not a respecter of any man. He is God. So in 1 Corinthians 9.27, it tells us what? This is what I do so I don't get cast away. Yes? 1 Corinthians 9.27 But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection lest that by any means when I have preached to others I myself should be a castaway. I myself should be a castaway. 
Now, let's leave that area we we'll go because I want to make sure we we'll touch all the questions that have been brought up. You can see there that if Paul is talking about being a castaway, what was Paul referring to? Now, Paul has been working with God, right? Was he not saved then? Yes, he was. Paul is telling you you can lose it. Because at the end, even what we're talking about, these people who have this, this argument, what is actually the the meaning in Matthew 24, 44 to 51. What is the meaning? You know, because we don't want to read all of it. Christ can say that. That servant. Oh, you want to go? Go ahead, please. Matthew 24, 44 to 51. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Mm-hmm. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over his, all his goods. Yes. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants mm-hmm. and to eat and drink with the drunkards, The master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour when that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. teeth. Now, let me, let me, this scripture read right now, let me ask this question. This servant, who was this servant? Was it not like you and I? No, please. I'm not talking about anybody. This servant already was there. Let's put it that way. He was one of them. He was already he had already received what salvation. Call it that way. He was already saved. But you see, at the end, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. And the master said, "I will cast him away." I don't know how people cannot read distance. And even what if if you look at John 15:2, he said he said what I am divine. You are just a branch. Don't forget that. Okay? The branch that does not produce any what? I will do what to him? Where was that branch before? The branch was attached to him. Okay, so it's, I mean, I don't know how people can argue that. Once, that is it. Because the branch was, that branch was cut off. Because it wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. Then the, another argument, the jumping, we're going to look at it right now. And answering this question is this. Let's say, look, the father said, or Christ said, let's read it. Let's read it. John 6, please, 37 to 40. Interesting. A lot of them base this argument on this. John 6, 37 to 40. All that the father gives me will come to me. Mm-hmm. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Right. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. I will raise him up at the last day. This is the will of the Father. Can you touch that place? This is the will of the Father, what? That all those who 
Come to me. Come to me, it shall work. In fact, it will not lose them. Who has that mandate? Is that the person to be saved? Huh? The father gave the mandate to who? To Jesus. God bless you. Some people just say, oh, he said, whatever he has in his hand, nobody can take it away. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Let me tell you one thing. Christ is saying, I will do everything in this world that my father has asked me to make sure I do not lose anybody that he has given me. Because you know one thing? Let's put it this way. Do you remember there were so many disciples, even people, as we used to have here, you know, we, we, sometimes you come here long time ago, long, long time ago. You wouldn't even find any, any seat empty. There were so many disciples that some of them, many of them, when they had the truth. At one point, only 12 were remaining. But remember they used to call them multitudes. Right? But when it's, they, they, they go in, guess what? Tough. tough. When they go in, guess tough, then they turn to his disciples okay, do you want to live too? Because you don't want them. That you have salvation, which is only giving you the opportunity to now know the truth, does not mean that God has taken away your personal, individual choice. If you choose to turn back and go, God will still have that grace of saying, Oh, my child, I wish you come back. You know if you turn to me, I'll forgive you. But if you say, No, I don't want to listen. I'm going to go my way. God is going to say, well, since you are forsaking me, I will forsake you. You are now working against me because if you're not working, if you're not working with God, you're working against him. Who is not with me is what? That's why I told him, look, look 962. He made clear. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back it's fit for the kingdom it's of God. It's not fit for the kingdom of God. And why do you get the example of that? Let me see. How about Lot? You know Lot's wife? Why did God give us that example? Remember Lot's wife was delivered. It was right for delivered. But she refused to be transformed. It was, she was delivered. The angel said, I will not live here until everybody in your family came out. But when they did, she did what she was asked not to do. Because you know why? Because all her heart is still in the things of the flesh of the world. It's still looking back and looking at what is going on in the world. Instead of focusing on that which is above, that God has told him to do. And most of us do that. We still stop by, we say, okay, we are born again, we are this. But we're still people of the world, doing the things the people of the world do. In the first place. What actually is it not for the benefit of believers and non-believers? That's why you have judgment. Huh? Okay, I will come to judgment. If you don't understand me, what is the what is the purpose of judgment? What is the purpose of judgment? Why do you have the judge judging in the court? No, no, no. You have, you have a ju- you ju- the judgment of this, of God, is to separate. Do you understand? It's to separate the evil from the good. 
He said it that way. He said, when I come down, I'll come down with my angels. They will come. The reapers. Remember they're those reaping the distance and they'll separate. The good ones I'll bring into my bound. The other ones I cast them out. So that's what the judgment. We come to the judgment. You see also where the problem is. But right now, if you look at the will of God and see clearly what the scripture is talking about there. He didn't lose anybody. Do you know somebody who also said something? What Christ was doing was giving a testimony. Christ was giving a testimony before his father. You know, father, oh, maybe I can change it. Let me change it around. Let me call it report. You know accountability. I send you out now. You have some, you must account. He's accounting to the father. Father, look, I've glorified him. You know one thing, my father, this is my account. I have not lost anyone. How? How did you not lose anybody? Anyone, please help me. I'm trying to. Don't let myself thinking here. How did he not lose anybody? Can you read me John 17 19, please? John 17 19. And for their six, I sanctify oh, myself. Oh, please listen. Listen. This is Christ talking. That they also may be sanctified by the truth. For the, for the sake. So, like, I don't lose them. Listen to me. That's why I keep saying all the time. Like myself right now, I just come and say, oh, the Lord called me. The Lord called me and I'm going there deceiving people. The Lord called me and giving them a, a false doctrine. The Lord called me to listen. Anybody that's misled by me, I must be held accountable in the judgment. I'm not the one first time saying, after all, he said Ezekiel. Ezekiel, son of man. If I sent you to go and do something, if you do it, you save yourself. But if you don't do it, so... Look at Christ himself saying that. Father, you know what? I glorified you. I did all you told me to do. I finished my job, the good one you want me to do. And how did I do it? I made sure I did not lose anybody by myself. And even in this ministry, I thank God. There is nothing that can say any one of us have done that has to put anybody to go. Maybe because the message was hard to them. But hey, they said meat is for only adults. They're going to have to eat it. Those who want to go to the kingdom of God. But Christ is saying there, you know one thing, for their own sake, not for me, because Father, I, you and I are one. We are together. Okay? I'm okay. But they're not okay. Paul also said it. Paul said, look, if the meat I eat, if whatever I do will actually make my brother to stumble, then I don't eat it at all. Because, you see, I'm not thinking about what? myself then now. Because my conscience I know how strong it is. I can do that. And Paul was giving us that example when we were talking about what? Meat offered what? To idols. Paul said, I can walk in there I can take that meat and eat it and just swallow it and say forget it. Mm-hmm. I, thank God I feel my stomach can go. But this one, when he sees me, he says, oh so it has come to that. That is why whoever is actually called by God should never do anything where people should ever blaspheme the name of the Lord or say, oh my goodness. It doesn't help you at all. He said, because of their own sake, I sanctified myself so that I will not be held what? Accountable for losing them. Who said that also? You know, remember Paul. I don't have time to do that. Paul said, he said, I am not guilty of anybody's blood on my head. Because whatever you have asked me to do and to teach them, I have taught them. So, 
If one is in his hand and decide to leave, that's his own problem. You know, that's an argument. Let me tell you an argument right now. It's the same situation. Uh, whatever is in the lost hand, nobody can take it away from him. Everything we do, we read it. We don't pray and say, Spirit of God, show me the mystery. What does he mean? What do you mean? Let Spirit of God teach. If he teaches you, open your eyes. You see? Whatever I have in my hand, I did not lose. Now, Romans 8, what? 35, right? Let's read that one. Because that one is, a, I think people just love that too. Romans 8.35 Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Mm -hmm. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Now can anybody answer that? That's an unbelievable promise and everybody will, will fly once you get, you get up and say nobody can separate us. That love is forever, forever this and that. What? Read me Isaiah 59.2 But your iniquities have separated I you wonder, from your God. That what your iniquity has separated you from the God. Yes. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he, sh he will not hear. Yes, that's why he told us even, even what in Psalm 66 or 18. He said, if I regard any iniquity, David said it in my heart, God will not hear me. God does not hear a wicked person. It's an abomination unto him. He said, the prayer of a wicked person is an abomination unto me. So, when somebody says, who can separate us? Let me tell you one thing. Nobody can separate us from the love of God except we. God bless you. If I walk away, what sin? Because he tells us one thing. He said, the wages of sin is what? Death. And he made sure God was so clear about it. Read me Ezekiel, please. Three, four. Ezekiel 3, 4. Then he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. To them. Speak my word and come. Speak my word to them. And it'll be it. Behold, I have made your face strong against their faces. Against their faces. Let's stop right there. Against their faces. Whenever you go out there, the Spirit of God is upon you to speak His word. Don't look back. Don't look at anything. But stay. Don't manufacture. Don't do anything that will ever bring condemnation unto yourself. Stay there. Speak the word of God. Do what God has added to do. Don't worry about who hears or who doesn't want to hear or whatever they say. Because they're not the one who's going to judge you. Because they said what? Ezekiel, they said to, let's, say, let's, say, let's look at Ezekiel 18 for now. Ezekiel 18.4 Behold, all souls are mine. They are all mine. Okay? Yes, go on. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. The soul that separates itself from me <coughs> shall die. And let me tell you one thing. God, as I said, has never and will never change. From Genesis, there's no way you can say to me, you know, God was going to change. No. If he changes, or his word changes, God has failed. God and his word are the same. That is, that's why he said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my own word will never pass away. Because if his word passes away, God has passed away. He's not a man. We think, oh, we can play game with him. No. He tells us there, all souls are mine. The one that stays away from your sins, definitely, 
He said, it shall surely die. That's why he said, the wages of sin is dead. Read me 1824, please. Ezekiel. But when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity and does according to all the abominations that the wicked man does, shall he live? All the righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered because of the unfaithfulness of which he is guilty and the sin which he has committed. Because of them, he shall die. He shall die. Are we, are, we, are we getting this thing correct, what I'm saying right now? Okay, if we at all, we stop right and go to other questions, okay? We need to, we need to make sure, we need to cover this thing and go. And uh, somebody said, but there is, I don't know why they quote all this, because when they quote the Bible, I start telling me, the Bible says, uh, my heart jumps, because I don't know, maybe I haven't seen it, or anything of that nature, okay? They quote Romans 8.1, there is therefore no more what? But they miss so much. What is condemnation? Condemnation is judgment. Go on. I don't know what, what. There is therefore no more condemnation. But they forget one thing. That is talking about those who are in Christ. And you say, how many of us are in Christ? Who is the one who is in Christ? The one who is fused together with him. Abiding with him in one on one. And there is no way to do it. How can somebody say, there's no more condemnation? But you're going ahead, contrary to the word of Christ. I was sharing with one the, the sister this afternoon. I said, it's amazing. If we say we are Christians, I, I'm talking about Christians, I'm, not, I'm just talking about Christians, okay? If we say we are Christians, and walking contrary to the ways of Christ, are we not mocking ourselves? No, let's get it. We say, we are Christians. But Christ said, this is the way I want it to go. He said, no, I don't want to go it. And you seek them to be Christian. Okay, you, you go, some professionals, you go and get whatever, they get whatever you want. And then they say, this is the rule. Go and break it. They take it away, license from you. If you are of him, you abide in him, he abides in you. say, those who are in Christ, forget about it, not those who proclaim his name. But those who are, how can you be in him? He told us what, in Look at John 14, 15. It says, if you love me, if you want to be with me, then obey me. As I did with my father, also do the same thing. Are you following what I'm saying? And look, without even going to, because of the time, you look at 15. John 15, 14. He said, you are my friends. You are with me. You are together with me. Only for one reason. Are you looking at me? Read it if you want. <laughs> John 15, 14. You are my friends if you do whatever I command That's you. That's all. Then if we... Now, Carl, let's look. I don't want to go to extreme, but it's not even going to extreme. You are my friend. Somebody said, if I say, you know one thing, my brother or sister, you are my friend if you do what I tell you to do. Let's reverse it. What am I telling you? No, yeah, 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 professor, the way you got it uh, is okay, but that's not what that's mild. You are my enemy. No, if somebody say you are my friend. If you, uh, but if you don't do it, you are my enemy. That's why I said if you're not with me, it's only the enemy can be against you. And that's why when Lucifer became enemy of God, he drove him out. It is like that. You cannot serve two masters. You follow the one, I can't jump from this one to that one. 
and then do what he tells you to do. There's only one way to follow the master, is to obey the master. Read me John 14, 23, please. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. No, no, no. I make our home with him. If anyone loves me, if you abide in me, remember one thing he told us one day, he said, without me, without me, you can do nothing. Abide in me and abide in you. As I, abide, as I was abiding with my father, the same situation I wanted to abide in me. And the way you can abide in me is what? Is to do what I tell you to do. Because if you look at John 8 to 29, he said, the father always was with me. Simply because whatever my, the father asked me to do, I will do it. So abiding in him is the only thing. But we are talking about these people who are born of God, that are now in Christ. They put on Christ. Galatians 3, what? 27. Not just somebody say, oh, I believe in God. God is this. That's not an issue. You don't even need to tell the world you believe in anything. If you want to tell them because you want to convert them. But even when you inside you, you don't believe and you're talking about Christ, you're wasting your time. That word will not get anywhere. Because you know why? Somebody tell me why. Somebody tell me why. Remember in what? Matthew 7. He said, well, a bad tree cannot produce what? How can you produce a good fruit when the person is bad inside? It will not work that way. Yeah, please read that one. Galatians 3.27 For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You have put on Christ. You have fused, you know, fused, electrical fuse, right? You fuse together with Christ. I am my Christ. I want. Because whatever he asked me to do is what I did. And then he will not leave me. That's why he told his apostles, he said, well, I'm sending you to the end of the world. Preach the gospel. Go. And I will be with you, what? Till the end of the world. Any other apostle, let them turn, turn away from him. He's not going to be with them until the end of the world. Because Amos 3 tells us what? Two cannot work together except they are in agreement. So now, but he's talking about those who are in Christ. And there's something he told us. In Romans 8.14, he says what? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. These are sons of God. Who is the one who is led by the Spirit of God? Huh? The one that walks what? Because he told us what? In 1 John 2, 6, right? He said, well, if you say you are bad... You want to read it? So you don't think I'm making it up. 1 John 2, 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Just walked as he walked. Be him and be together there. So that's what he's talking about by abiding in him. And then he said what? As many as are led by that spirit. But he made sure. He made sure. There's a big difference. Romans 8, 9 please. Romans 8, 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Mm -hmm. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Now, I see, the same situation says, whoever is not with me is against me. If anyone does not have that Spirit and claiming it, he's wasting his time. It's not there. So, let's, wow, time. Um, <laughs> I need to finish this today. Let me finish very quickly. Okay? So, everybody, excuse me. So, the last argument is, why? 
I may ask anybody who's arguing oneself yourself. Why then the necessity for judgment? Are you following what I'm saying? Why is it a necessity for judgment then? The Bible says, and we're not going to look at all the scriptures because of time. I just want to close it. It says, it's appointed unto any human being to die once. Then, that's what? That's what judgment. Judgment of who? Huh? Of man. Judgment of, I'm trying to find out, those who say that, okay, why would I be judged again if I'm already in the heaven? Are you following what I'm saying? Why would I be judged? That's a judgment waiting for me. Everyone must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. For what? For what reason would they appear? For their work to be sorted. For their work to be sorted. Uh, let's, let's even use Revelations. Because that's Revelation. Let's use Revelation. Revelation 20. 11 to 12, please. Revelations 20, 11 to 12. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, mm-hmm. from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. Mm-hmm. And the dead were judged according to their works. According to their what? Works. works. Let's stop right there. How come all of a sudden this is about works? Because what, my dear? Okay, you, you're close to it, but let me tell you. You know, remember we were told that by grace we're saved. And many of us are still hanging on. Everything is great. We are saved and so on. But he comes here and said what? Everybody will judge according to his works. Why? Because once you have gotten the grace. Oh my, you are showing the way to do it. If you don't do it then, that's the works. That's why James was arguing. He said, faith without works is dead. You don't do anything about it. Because once you have the grace. Now you know the way. If you, if now you will be judged according. Remember when I was saying that once you have the grace, you will be held accountable. So he's saying right there. Everyone. And there's one thing says, if the person, if they don't repay, there's something that's scary. We need to learn. So that we just, people will stop talking about one self after self. You know the church, I don't even know how to call that name, church of a tyrant, whatever it is. I know it's a Revelation 2. 18 to 23. God was warning this church. This is a church that God said they were doing so many things. And said, look, there is that evil person misleading all of you. Just like that. So many misleading everybody in the world right now. And I've been asking her to repent. That's the grace still. There's still some grace there. It's not grace again to know anything, but now to repent. If you do repent. And that's why I said, when does the person die? Can you read that please? Revelations chapter 2, from verse 18. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. 
I know your works, mm -hmm. love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. Unless they repent, unless, unless they repent of their deeds. It's scary, because you know, you know what I'm saying is scary. Jezebel, whoever he is, Christ was not talking about the way we see sexual. He's talking about uncleanness, doing things, misleading people. Okay? But there, the thing that's scary that this is one lady who was doing all this bad thing in the midst of, just like we have many things in the world right now. Remember when I told you that this, if one has been given the opportunity to know the truth and you still allow yourself to be deceived, that that person is cursed. The deceiver and the deceived. They are all costs. Because why? You know. Or you should have known the truth. But look at the, that just a bit. Remember what uh, Paul, Paul was even talking about? Second, if it, no, John, please. John, second John, right? Second John was talking about 9 to 11. He said, well, if you see all these false people giving you false doctrine, don't welcome them. Because if you welcome them, you will be a partaker in the things they do. So, if you look at that revelation there, God did not punish, was not warning Jezebel only. He said he would do what? Look, oh, no matter all the things you've been doing, we have seen all the good things you're doing. But as long as this person continues to deceive and you guys listen to him, I will come and deal with you. No, I'm not talking about us here. I'm talking about the church. That I have one thing against who? Come on. He didn't say, I have one thing against Jezebel. He said, I have one thing against the church. So, in other words, what am I saying here? Judgment of God. Why would there be... I said, who is actually to be judged? We have, we have seen it, okay? Now, even the Bible tells us where the judgment will start from. First Peter, please. Is it? Four. Yeah. 17 to 19. And can anybody tell me why judgment should begin in the heart of the Lord? We're supposed to what? Oh, and the sister, everything's okay. Go ahead, yeah. First Peter four seventeen to nineteen. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Mm -hmm. Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved. Scarcely saved. Where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. Oh, this, I, then, I, I think we'll end here. There are so many other things we'll cover, but we'll, this one save after save, we're going to end it there. Because look at what Peter is saying. He's saying if the righteous scarcely, scarcely save, Barely serve through that what he called what? A straight way and a narrow gate. 
only few will find. If they will be scarcely killed for the judgment, then what would happen to those? But then there's one thing I want to tell you. What would happen to the one who knows and yet continues in sin? Who's going to get a greater punishment? The one who doesn't know God or him. Where is that? John 5 what? 14? 14, yes. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Mm-hmm. Sin no more, lest the worst lest thing come upon the you. The worst thing will come. And that's why he told the woman, in John eight eleven, he said, You know what, woman? I don't condemn you. I don't even judge you. But I can tell you right now, go and sin no more. Why is it to go and sin no more? Let me tell you one thing people are talking about when they said, when we're talking about there's no more condemnation. You know where the condemnation is? Christ said there's a condemnation in the world already. You want to read it? Where, where is it? John 3, 18 to 23. Read it and put it there with close. John three eighteen to 23. He who believes in him is not condemned. Mm-hmm. But he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That the light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light. Let's stop right. Don't worry about it. The question is this. Men love darkness rather than the light. That's the condemnation. And that's why we're in trouble. Remember, if you look at what First Thessalonians, whatever it is, and we don't have time, 2, to, to 7-11, he says us one thing. He said, look, you know, because the truth has been presented and they turn away from the truth, he said, God has now allowed what? Delusion. By spirit that they may believe in lies and perish because they just did not follow that which is right. So, in other words, what I'm saying here is this. It is a walk, my brothers and sisters. It's a race onto the finish line. Let nobody ever bring it. I hope with this, with the, with the internet, that this can spread all over, that people can hear it, because that is exactly the message they need to hear. That all of them should repent and walk in the Lord forever. Now, I want to thank you so much for the opportunity given to us to be with you, and uh, may the Lord Almighty bless you. And again. Have a marvelous and only God-filled New Year. Amen. Amen.